When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEM Track. Wayne Bennett Cup Day here on Saturdays in the Gong. Good morning on SEN Track Illawarra, the brand new time, 8 to 10 a.m. You're listening on 1575 a.m. and the SEN app or the website. Also, welcoming the Sydney audience on 11.70am for the first hour of our broadcast, where we're going to be talking rugby league. St George Illawarra, the premiership coach from 2000. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. You're back here Saturdays in the Gong with Tim Barrow and Matt Campbell. After 8.30, we'll be talking with my Illawarra Mercury colleague, Mitch Jennings, about the big game, St George Illawarra, taking on the Dolphins down here at Wynn Stadium at 5.30. But right now... Matty Russell has six, maybe even a seven-tackle set ready to go. Hard-hitting questions. What have you got for us, Matty? I need a sting. I need an opener to this wonderful segment. Let's start with, well, I've got to say gamble responsibly. But is St. George Illawarra in the West Tigers this evening slash tonight at about 10 bucks, tempting, given that both are under the pump and desperate and play opponents, the Dolphins and Brisbane, who might be a little flat after the Battle of Brisbane. So Dragons into Tigers... At about 10 bucks, is that a good or bad or tempting bet for either of you? Not a chance. It's ridiculous to even think about putting that bet on. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on the West Tigers if I found 50 bucks on the ground right now. <laughs> okay, categoric. I like that, man. Love your answers. Okay, who would you prefer to rather face? So who would you rather face? Ricky Stewart, after Jamin Salmon scored the final try to put 50 on his Raiders, or your wife at 3am when you said you'd be home at 10? Oh, I'm taking the wife any day of the week. I don't think I want to see Stuart with that one. I've been in both situations a few times. I'm not so much after the uh, Jaden Salmon last night, but I've been in enough Ricky Stewart press conferences. It is an absolute deep freeze. You reckon Canberra's cold in the middle of winter down there? Nothing is as cold as that press conference. So uh, I will take my lovely wife giving me a serve after staying out too late every day of the week. I'd take that as well because chances are at 3 a.m. I wouldn't remember that serve the next day. <laughs> now, do we expect do we expect too much from Latrell Mitchell, or does he need to get more involved? Is he not doing enough? I I think he does need to get involved, but it is only early in the season, and I mean he will be that impact player that they need when the whips are cracking later on. I mean I'd, I'd criticised in previous shows about Cody Walker and how I just think. 
he's he goes a bit over the top and loses his cool. Mm. Sometimes I think Latrell does too, and they you know sort of that bodyguard sort of element that they want to get you know involved in the the bad stuff rather than sort of just getting on with it. But I, I'm not too critical of Latrell. Uh, look, I think they're a front-running team, so I think. When everything's heading going their way, I think they're fine as a group, and I, that's what they need. They need some resolve. They need a bit of grittiness to them, where they where they can grind out games when it's not flowing well. And um, you know, Latrell's part of that. I think I think it needs more than just Latrell. I think they need their their whole leadership group to stand up. You know, play as a team, and you know, not the fancy stuff. Get back to the basics of the game. I'm in the middle of nowhere, headed towards Mudgy, where I heard Ken suck. Cliff called the ground out there, the Wimbledon of the West. I love that description because it is exactly that. Who's going to have the better time in Mudgee today? Manly 5'8", Cooper Johns. Newcastle Lock, Jack Johns. There is a proud dad, Matt Johns, or mum and wife, Trish Johns. I was listening to Maddie and Andrew Johns talking about this uh, yesterday on SEN. It was quite fascinating, the fact that they're going up against each other. Oh, I just think Manly, the the better outfit, you'll have the better day. Yeah, I think the same. I, I think the parents in the stands. Uh, I think um, you know that's that's the proudest time you'll ever see when you when you're looking down. I'm sure. So, I think they'll have the best of the day. But um, I'm with uh, I'm with the Eagles as well. I reckon Matt has the best day. He can't lose. One son will win, and Trisha will look after him. So Matt can just relax. <laughs> there you go. Okay, tomorrow. Clash of two form players. Sean Johnson's been fantastic for the Warriors, winding back the clock in his first month of competition. The Dallium leader, or Dallium holder, Nico Hines, was fantastic on his return from injury. So which number seven polls the most Dallium points tomorrow? Sean Johnson or Nico Hines? Now, I watched both games very closely last week. I thought they were both really good, but I'm going to go with Nico Hines because... I think the Sharks can win the comp because Nico Hines is that player. I know there might be a couple of issues in defence there, but gee, he's a game-breaker. and I mean, he was just a class above for the Dragons there last week. They just didn't have an answer. Yeah, I'm the same. I think Nico really showed what uh, kind of class he's got, and I think he'll continue on that, and I think he's going to have a great year. And back to a ground he knows well. Building on his first month, there's a bit of an upset for you. Okay, Baz, I've got to include a Canterbury question given your beloved Bulldogs are involved in the dogs. final game of the round. Now, Josh Reynolds, zero NRL games since 2020, hasn't played for Canterbury since 2017. That's 2,037 days ago. He's back at his beloved dogs. Now he's going to be back in the NRL with them. Uh, New Brown, the man he's replacing, has been averaging about 35 minutes per game for the dogs. So, tomorrow, Josh Reynolds, jumping Josh, over or under 20 minutes of field time for Reynolds? Might not be over. I think it might be under, but I still think it's a valuable impact because watching the game last week, the, the dogs had to do a lot of defence, they made a few errors and the Warriors got on top in that second half. The Warriors deserve to win the game, no argument there, but the one thing the dogs lacked last week was the ability to sort of get out of trouble and someone take control when they needed it. Um, Kyle Flanagan probably didn't have his best game. Uh, Matt Burton's obviously got the big boot on him, but they needed someone at some stage to put in a really strategic kicks and just turn the Warriors around when they needed it. They couldn't find that, and they sort of just kept getting themselves into trouble. They hung into the game, and I just think if Reynolds can come in off the bench and just provide that little bit of composure and a little bit of experience, I think it's a great time to bring him into the game particularly late on if the game's on the line. Yeah, I'm with overs. I actually think he'll play more than 20 minutes. Um, I think 
you know, he's had. A, they wouldn't put him in the in the roster unless they thought he was 100% um, ready to go. And if you got such a weapon like that on the bench, why wouldn't you play him? I reckon it'll be a great cameo, but fewer than 20 minutes for me. That's six boys. Time for a handover. You got someone else waiting to come on? Yeah, well, Mitch, uh, Mitch Jennings will be joining us after 8.30, Matty. Uh, we'll also be talking about why I got into a bit of strife yesterday with the uh, the Dragons regarding the uh, NRLW signings this week, which I'll expand on with Mitch after 8.30. Ooh. But obviously, uh, it's a huge clash for the Dragons down here at Wynn Stadium this afternoon. I mean... I'm interested to see how the Dolphins respond too. It was such an intense clash last week. The Battle of Brisbane, which I guess in essence is the, the true Wayne Bennett Cup, given he did win six comps up there in yes, Brisbane. Agreed. And he's won one down here in uh, at the Dragons. But I mean, it's just, uh, it's a really interesting um, test, I think, for the Dolphins in that they're still, as much as they've been great early in the season, it's still... Um, coming together, they've got to go away and pick themselves up off, off a thrilling loss last week. So I'm just I'm just really interested to see how the Dolphins respond, but also the Dragons after that dismal second half against the Sharks. Really good point, though. Um, <clears throat> they're going to have to... like the, This is the first time the Dolphins are actually expected to win. Mm. So, you know, from that point of view, it's like the expectations will be on them. This will be a real challenge for them about coming in as favourites into a, a football game where... You know, the Dragons are completely desperate. So if they're ever going to show a little bit, I think today's going to be the day. And you know what, boys? There's a few reasons that the Dragons should really be on their toes. Uh, Isaiah Katoa comes back. Herman Essie is back for the Dolphins, as is Jeremy Marshall-King, who started the season fantastically for them. Jesse Bromwich, his 300th game. They want to celebrate for their captain today, Jesse Bromwich. The Hammer, Hamaso Tabuifito. He's scored in every Dolphins game so far. Is the Wayne Bennett factor and Jack Bostock, a South Coast Rugby League product, comes back with the Dolphins to make his NRL debut at what is his home ground in many respects from an NRL perspective at the moment. So go well, Jack Bostock and Dragons. You'll need to go well because the Dolphins, I reckon they'll bring their game. No, brilliant. And it's great to see Jack Bostock get the run, the, yeah. the Stingrays Junior down there at Chilhaba. Just quickly before we uh, let you go and find the distress beacon down there, Matty Russell, um, Taladawamone coming back into the team for the Dragons. Um, that was kind of the plan all along. Obviously, that was disrupted by the assault charges and the no stand-down rule, which has since been removed. I mean, does Amone just go and have an instant impact? I guess he needs to. Yeah, I, I think he has to. He owes the team, doesn't he, in terms of, you know, certainly that's one of those straws on the camel's back I was talking about earlier on. So I'm sure he'll be desperate to play well from a personal perspective, but also, you know, he needs to repay the team. And I think they had to make some changes. They've given up 40 points in consecutive games now. So it's time, it's a desperate time for Anthony Griffin and the Dragons. And yeah, let's see how, how Talatau Amone handles it. Well, thanks, Matty. We'll leave you to get on to Mudgy. Hope you've thought out after the Ricky Stewart deep freeze from the press conference last night. Uh, we'll have plenty more <laughs> talking St George Illawarra after 8.30 with the Illawarra Mercury's Mitch Jennings. Clean, smart, efficient. They've tackled hard. They've run hard. It's classic Wayne Bennett, simple football. But how quickly will the other teams catch up now that you're starting to get battle-hardened? Um, you know, other teams have been together for longer. They've sort of know their combinations, which, you know, most of the Dragons have been together for sort of two or three years. Uh, you know, how quickly are these teams going to catch up to the Dolphins? Yeah, it's an interesting one because they've obviously been the story, really, to, to start the season. Among plenty, the footy's been so good, as I think we've all remarked on. This is probably, I think, the biggest challenge they'll have as far as getting up 
for a game. Of course, Jesse Bromwich's 300th has probably come at a pretty good time for them as that extra sort of impetus. But, I mean, if you look at the, the run they've had, really not difficult to get up to those. You know, first game in Brisbane against the heavyweight Roosters, not difficult at all. You've got that game back at the spiritual home at Redcliffe against the Raiders. Not an easy, not a, sorry, not a tough one to get up for. They obviously went to Newcastle and took care of business there and then they had the Battle of Brisbane. So they've had, barring that one clash in Newcastle, they've all been big games as we sort of term them and as we sense them in the, uh, in the, in the lead-up. So this one's a bit different coming down. St. George Lawara really need a win, obviously. It's, it's down in Wollongong. Like I said, Jesse Bromwich 300 is something they'll want to get up for. But I am interested to see you know, what they produce. Very interesting to see how Anthony Milford and Isaiah Katoa go as a halves pairing too. I'm quite interested to see that. Obviously, Sean O'Sullivan uh, copying that pectoral tear last week. And that was the question mark we had over the Dolphins was depth and how they're going to go through the season if they pick up a couple of injuries. And, and your halfback is probably as key as injuries can get. So Anthony Milford's going to need to be very good, not just this week, but, you know, probably for the, the rest of the season to, to get them over the line in, in some of these ones. But Look, I think Wayne Bennett's always had a knack of getting up for milestone games for his players. They always want to, and that was obviously a very Melbourne trait too, which is where Jesse Bromwich has obviously come from. So I think the Dolphins will be right up for this one, and the Dragons are going to need you know a huge improvement on last week to, to get it done at home. Jeno, we're going to uh, stick a break in here very quickly, but we're going to talk about NRLW. It's been open season with their contract situation uh, this week, so we'll talk about the Dragons have made a number of big signings, but there's still some big questions. So stick around. We'll talk NRLW after the break. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. 15.75am in the Illawarra, or 11.70 up there in uh, Sydney. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong, thanks to the GWM Havel Get in and test drive one today. And also Impact Garage Doors, impacting homes for 20 years. Tim Barrow. Matt Campbell and Mitch Jennings joining us on the line now. It's open season in the NRLW competition. There's uh, signings going on everywhere. The Dragons made some big moves, including signing Racine McGregor, the Dally M uh, winning Roosters halfback. But there's a bit of an underlining issue just in terms of where they're at because they've lost some big players, or they're going to be losing some big players. Uh, Kezi Apps looks like she's on the way out. And Keely Davis is a big one for me. She was a, a big part of building the Steelers, which is in the New South Wales women's competition. It sort of completes the women's pathway down here in the Illawarra. So she helped build that club in the last sort of six, nine months uh, with Alicia Kate Hawke, who's the assistant coach and Steelers coach in the New South Wales competition. But now Keeley's on her way out at the Dragons for the NRLW competition, which just strikes me as a really sort of odd, difficult situation that... Um, uh, you know, that she would build that as part of the pathway, but then leave the NRLW competition. I raised that in my column in the Mercury today. I had a bit of a back and forth with um, the Dragons women's coach, Jamie Soward, on Twitter yesterday afternoon. So good morning to you, Jamie, if you're listening, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be in touch shortly. <laughs> but um, Mitch Jennings, what have you made of the sort of the opening of the silly season and I guess the impact of, one, signing some new players, but also, two, losing some real heart and soul talent? 
Yeah, it's been interesting, Baz. Actually, I was expecting a frenzy of things to come out on, on day one, and it was it was a bit of a whimper, really. Not a lot coming out on that first day. Obviously, the Dragons very much on the front foot announcing nine signings, and whenever you can bring the reigning Dahlia medalist uh, to your club, it's, it's, a, it's a signing coup. But uh, as you mentioned there, Keely Davis, uh, she's confirmed she won't be coming back. Kezi Apps as well. I mean, they're the two that have probably been the faces of that NRLW program at the Dragons. Keely hasn't missed a game uh, to this point, has played in every single game in the Dragons' NRLW history. And you touched on there also what she's done building the the Steelers as well. But, I mean, you can throw in Emma Tonegato, I believe, is on the way out. Talia Fui-Mayono as well. Holly Wheeler. Uh, Shaley Bent unveiled yesterday as a signing on the Gold Coast, which was to be expected. Lives up there, obviously, the partner of Dave Fafita. So, But, I mean, you've got to ask some questions when, you know, you lose internationals in one fell swoop I mean the expansion competition and just an absolutely crazy and long drawn out uh, recruitment period because of the CBA stash that's been going on you're always going to lose a couple but when you lose them all uh, I mean there's some some questions you do have to ask around that uh, especially like I said Keely Davis you'd move heaven and earth to keep her such an upside already one of the best players in the game a mainstay of New South Wales and the Australian teams local junior and still only 23, so probably should have been someone who was a Dragons lifer for the next, you know, 10, 12 years. So, uh, interesting, but I like um, how Sowie's got on the on the front foot. He's coming out and addressing it, like you said, Baz, having a bit of a back and forth there, but I actually like it. He got in there early, he's gone on the front foot, he's announced these nine signings, and he's getting out there and saying, let's get excited about these, these girls, and I'm going to introduce you to them, and we're going to see what they can produce. And I'll tell you what, he's going to have to unearth some stars, but he's done that in the last probably 12 months. Paige McGregor was a bit of a revelation last year. I thought in, in the two seasons, you had someone like Atara McGrath-West um, came in last year and was fantastic up front. She'll go up another level. That's a, a star that he's brought through in that time and certainly with some signings. Uh, Anella Costa, um, a Steelers star down here, I brought up her with uh, Maddie Russell, I think, a fortnight ago. She is an absolute superstar in the making, but at the moment still playing age group footy, so probably a season or two at least off having an NRLW impact. And one I'm really interested to see, Maddie Weatherall uh, coming back um, since starting a family with uh, with Stiga, actually. So her coming back, she was as dominant a junior as I've ever seen, male or female, at any level. She was just an absolute beast. I likened it to Jason Taumalolo when she was coming through. So how she comes back will be very intriguing for me and a great storyline. So, look, we're going to have to wait and see how it works out. But uh, I think if an NRL side lost six internationals and one club players, all of them, uh, and plucking a few of them that are currently plying their trade in one of the club's own pathway programs. Uh, some questions that I'll be happy to answer, and Baz, no doubt, no doubt they will be they will be put. Oh, I'm sure they will be during the week. There's plenty more to come there in terms of the signing situation and where the Dragons squad lands. Just quickly before we let you go, Geno, in a word, Dragons or Dolphins? Dragons. Matty Campbell, Dragons or Dolphins? Uh, uh, God, I um, I think the Dolphins, to be honest. So I'm, you know, I really love to see the Dragons get up, but I'm, um, I feel that you know, just like you said, there's a few benchmarks, there's a few things from from that point of view it just makes them just a little bit too hard to beat for the Dragons. Yeah, I'm with the Dolphins. I think it might be another Wayne Bennett special. Thanks for joining us, Mitch Jennings. We'll talk to you next week. Plenty more to come on Saturdays in the Gong. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. 
There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Well, Matty Campbell, as much as the Dragons and Dolphins is an important occasion down here at Wynn Stadium this afternoon, there's some sensational Group 1 racing up there in Sydney. We were talking off air before the show about whether you're sticking or laying Nature Strip this afternoon in the TJ Smith. So where do you stand? Mate, I'm on for sure. Like five bucks? Like, come on. Never started uh, less than $4.30 or something, or higher than $4.30 its whole career. Mm. 22 wins from 42 starts. Like, 75% place, yeah. uh, like, across its career. How do you not get on a little bit on it? I mean, I know up and down, and you talked about it, one week, great. Next week, you don't know what horse you're going to get, but... Come on, that's pretty good odds. I just wonder whether age has caught up with him. I mean, he became a much more polished, furnished product as he matured. Uh, but we've seen this prep that maybe there's signs that he's just not quite the horse he was. Uh, he'd be going for a fourth straight TJ to win today, mm. which puts him in Winks-like company, uh, obviously winning all of those Cox Plate amongst all the other group ones that Winks won. But... Yeah, it's just a real question, and it's a hot field too, you know. It's just going to be such a great sprint race. Um, you know, the Doncaster's up there. Kemble's own hope in your heart. Mm. A chance in the Doncaster mile. Kerry Parker's been setting her for this for the whole preparation. She's a sneaky chance as much as she drew the car park. So we'll be yeah, cheering Kerry's horse on right? as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Drew, so will be jumping from 19 with the scratchings coming oh, out. Right. So. We're going to be talking a big second hour. Stick with us, Sydney. Join us on the app for the second hour if you want. We're going to be talking golf. Uh, Travis Smythe, our own down here, has got a ticket to the British Open. Also, the Masters starts this week too there. We're going to be talking basketball and plenty of racing as well. Thanks for joining us for the first hour. Saturday's in the gong. Plenty more to come. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEM Track. Super G's has taken me back to my high school days. Still one of my favourite bands. I listen to that Sumo album very regularly. When I need to get away from the kids, I go and throw some old music on. Takes me back to another place. It's definitely a classic. Absolutely. Well, talking of classics, I was going to say it was our favourite segment, but it's probably still our second favourite because Matty Russell's set of six probably hangs the mantle as our uh, Saturdays in the gong number one. But we've got the new segment, Banging the Gong, where we talk about the best and the worst of the Illawarra this week. Now, I'm going to take the running. Actually, before I do that, let's uh, let's bang the gong. Just for the perfect effect. So we're going to talk about the best and the worst. I'm going to talk about the best... Firstly, I'm going to give a rap to Shell Harbour Junior Football Club. My kids are 
playing down there this morning in the under sixes, under sevens. 964 players, one of the biggest clubs around the region in the junior competition. Not only that, they've gone into the district league, the second division of Illawarra football, and they're absolutely killing that they could be two or three years away from being a real force in the Illawarra Premier League if they can get up and get promoted. They've they've merged with Shell Cove this year. Um, you know, there's a lot of background that goes into clubs merging and sort of bringing things together. And I think they've just done a fantastic job of how they've brought the club together as one entity and now having a pathway through. So um, I'm going to give a big rap to Shell Harbour Junior Football Club. But I'm also... I'm going to have a crack at the blokes in the Illawarra. So my colleague Ange Thompson at the Illawarra Mercury this week wrote a story how three, Wollong three Wollongong women are on Farmer Wants a Wife this year. So they can't find a bloke here in the Illawarra. They have to go to far and wide <laughs> in farms across country New South Wales and Queensland to go and find love. So <laughs> what's hilarious. happening? What's happening to the men down there? Right. I mean, they're too busy out there watching football games <laughs> and listening to SEN on, uh, in Saturday mornings. But, I, yeah, I mean, the fact that there's three women out there chasing to get on it. Now, are they chasing for the right reason? Are they after love or are they after followers? That's always the biggest oh, question. Who knows? But three on the one show when they all come from the coastal town and they've got to go out to the country. It's, uh, it's a bit of a crisis there, mate. What have you got for us? Mate, I'm going to get Dave to bang the gong. My, is, is the worst of the Illawarra, is our sporting facilities down here. Mm. Like, it's just a, such a shame. Like, for such a sporting mecca, we, our facilities are just so far behind the rest of the state and then the rest of Australia. Like, I talk of it from a basketball point of view, basketball and netball, indoor sporting facilities in the Illawarra, absolutely horrendous. No air-conditioned um, facility anywhere, no new facility in quite some time. Mm. Um, for such a, uh, for a region that has a professional basketball team sitting here yep. and a great netball back uh, background, um, we just need to get better facilities. Yep. Uh, and, and it's and it's just showcasing now with our elite level kids coming through in basketball. Yeah, you know we're we're state teams in bits and pieces. Yep. we're just struggling to consistently get those numbers through. Yeah, and it comes on the back of a good facility. Yeah, you you know that's a pet cause of mine. We've talked about that in the past here that the Illawarra are way behind other regional areas in Australia. So I couldn't agree with you more. Maybe now that there's a new government involved, we're a Labor heartland down here, and they're now in government. I don't want to get too political, but maybe there'll be some new impetus. Fingers in terms of some better facilities. So that deserves a massive banging of the gong. All right, well, so from the worst to the best of Illawarra, I'm going to bring in Golf New South Wales' Dave Teese. Uh, this week, Travis Smythe, Shell Harbour's own, has qualified for the British Open, which he got a taste of the Live Golf Tournament with the, uh, the Greg Norman, uh, I guess, behemoth, the new empire, mm. flush with Saudi money. He got a bit of a taste with that and being amongst some of the elite players. But now he gets a chance to go to probably the most prestigious tournament. The Masters is on this week, obviously. But uh, it's a massive opportunity for Travis Smythe after qualifying in finishing uh, third over there in Hong Kong on the Asian Tour. Good morning to you, Dave Teese. Uh, huge for Travis Smythe and um, a huge opportunity now. Morning, Tim. Massive opportunity for Travis Smythe. And, you know, what better what better platform to do it on than the 151st Open Championship at Royal Liverpool? I think he'd be thrilled to bits with the opportunity. Absolutely. I mean, it, 
do you feel like his game's gone to another level? I mean, he's he's sort of been good around the Australian PGA. He won that tournament a few years ago uh, up there in Darwin. Uh, now he's sort of gone to the Asian Tour. He's had a bit of a crack at the Corn Ferry over in the US, but he, he just seems like he's got his direction now. And after having that taste of live golf as well, he, he seems to have just gone to another level. Oh, absolutely. And, and if you look at his form line on his world ranking since turning professional back in 2017, 2018, he's tracked consistently forward on the world golf rankings. Yeah, you're talking a guy here now from Shell Harbour that's you know, well and truly ensconced in the top 200, top 300 in the world and is only looking forward. Um, you know, I expect great things from Trav in the next four or five years. You know, PGA Tour, um, majors, this will just be the first of many, I believe. He's, he's fantastic. He's, he's, he's had that success and that taste of success also on the Asian tour and he's sort of you know, starting to be high on the leaderboard regularly. But w what will it take now to sort of break into, uh, you, you spoke about the PGA Tour and maybe getting to the US and having some success over there. What, what will it take to go to that level? A lot of hard work, but it'll be not so much finding something spectacularly new in his game. It'll be working around the... 20 or 31 percenters that the world's top 50 do that are just that little bit better, that little bit more consistent, um, yeah, and that little bit more frequently. Um, yeah, Trav's equipped with the mindset to um, to approach that task and know he has to get better, and he's goal driven, and yeah, that's a that's a fantastic thing for a you know for any aspiring golfer to look at the application, the process that Trav's probably about to put in place now to get himself onto that world stage, into that world's top 50. Matty Russell, uh, Matty Campbell. Mm -hmm. That's the second time I've, uh, I've forgotten your name, Matty Campbell, this morning. Um, <laughs> oh, we've seen Xavier Cooks go to the NBA, obviously the Illawarra talent. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously we've had Emma McKeon and all her excess at Olympic level. Uh, Alex Volkanovsky becoming a world champion. To me, Travis Smythe now belongs in that Illawarra elite by the, just by being able to be on the British Open stage, which he will be this year. Yeah, and, um, you know, we, t we just talked about those little one percenters and uh, in such a competitive sport. Like, I know all sports are competitive and you look at swimming and they're talking about the, you know, point hundredth of a second that you, you have to get from time's point of view. But golf's one of those ones where, you know, you look at it and it's, you know, the cutthroat, so cutthroat, so many players playing it around the world. Um, and, you know, you, you're... a later grass away from being you know in that top echelons of 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 the world-class athletes when it comes to golfers and mm. you know the fact that he's uh, been able to crack it into that um that challenge will be yeah lifting that game that tiny little bit that keeps him in that um you know and, and keeps him climbing up but such an uh, unbelievable uh achievement to be at that space and and you're right you know Sally fits we've got all these elite sporting icons of the Illawarra and he deserves to be one of them. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's just such... To, to think you're actually in the British Open. I remember staying up as a kid watching Craig Parry at Carnoustie mm -hmm. chasing the British Open. It's just, to me, it's that tournament. Obviously, the Masters is sort of the dream for, for every golfer and every golf fan to go over there, but there's just such tradition and prestige in the, the British Open. Yeah, so. it's the Wimbledon of the, ten, you know, the tennis equivalent. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's a... 
It's a fantastic opportunity, and uh, let's hope he does really well. Hey, TC, it's it's not just Trav that's doing good things. I'm Lu uh, Lincoln Ty. I know he had a little bit of time out of the game, but he's he's come back. He's he's playing. You know, he's, he had a career best summer. He was tied for third at the New South Wales Open. Uh, lost the playoff there at Hunter Valley to to Brett Coletta. He's had four top ten finishes in his last six starts. I know he's a he's a big bomb of a hitter, Lincoln Ty, but it's great to see him in uh, fantastic touch. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, for a guy that's been on tour domestically here for 10 or 12 years, it was really a breakout year for Lincoln. Um, you know, refreshed attitude. I think a few times I've talked to him this year have been, um, you know, fascinating insights to, you know, someone that's staying positive towards his sport and he's been out there and grinding away for a long, long time. Yeah, really a breakout year. I mean, he's changed, changed coaches this year. He's had a new coach, Warwick Hughes, at New South Wales Golf Club been working with Warwick now for probably a bit over 12 months and those things change a golfer and probably change a sportsman Maddie can attest to that new coach new outlook new new approach to the game and, and Lincoln's now reaping those rewards I mean I, I really hope Lincoln's you know this is just a beginning for Lincoln um, again another player that deserves his moment and you know deserves a moment akin to making the DP World Tour or getting to Corn Ferry you know and at least having been there in his career um Full marks to Lincoln for what he's done this year. He's had, you know, with some adversity, with some, you know, pretty harrowing playoff losses, he's, you know, he's, he's delivered. And, you know, you can only applaud him for that. Yeah, and consistently so. So it's just great to see him doing so yeah. well. I know he had sort of a wrist issue. He was out with injury for a while and sort of took a while to find his feet again. But, yeah, it's just great to see him firing. Have you watched him hit off the tee, Matty, Matty yeah, Campbell? Yeah, I have. Oh, wow. I we was, I watched him here at Wollongong. And, uh, yeah, yeah where, where all of us plebs lay up and, you know, or not lay up, we try to smash it as far as we can. And we're yep. miles away. He was hitting it over yeah. the water and putting it, you know, 100 metres out where we're 250, 300 metres out. So. Yeah unbelievable hitter of the ball. I feel like I'm playing a different game when I look at, at him t off the tee. I mean, I've got this wicked slice that would end out on the road up here at Wollongong <laughs> Golf Club, you know, or, or on the beach if I was over on the far side. And, you know, here's Lincoln Tide just hitting those bombs. Yeah. He's amazing to watch. Um, TC, it's not just the seniors going, re uh, the, the men going well. It's... Um, there's plenty of uh, female golfers coming out of the Illawarra. Uh, Lara Thompson among them, Kelsey Bennett from down here on the south coast. Uh, there's plenty of talent coming out of the women's scene as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I saw Lara firsthand last week at the Women's New South Wales Open. Fantastic effort for a girl just touching her 15th birthday or thereabouts. You know, she made the cut in the first elite women's professional event. Mum and Dad were here to see it, and the smile on her face over the weekend was would would just have sold tickets alone. Um, absolute joy to behold and see how excited she was and how well she played against some pretty exalted company. Um, you know, finished about forty fourth or forty fifth, I think it was. But still, you know, she's a St Mary's high school student playing against some you know some pretty heavy duty career professional lady professional golfers out here. So full marks to her. Um, you know, and fantastic to see. Give us a bit of a feel of the scene around golf, New South Wales. I mean, golf was one of the sports to sort of go through the COVID period and, and sort of really go on and, and thrive. A lot of people were sort of trying to get out in the outdoors and, and play. Where, where's golf at at the moment in terms of um, competition and participation around the state? Well, statewide, it's never been better. And, um, you know, it's... Unfortunately, like I say, but yeah, you know, we can thank COVID for that. The sport stayed open for 
for the duration of the lockdown and, and people found it a very viable um, you know, participation sport that they could play alone, socially distance, you know, and you know, maintain some integrity of, you know, the intent of the government and what their interests were with protecting the community. Uh, memberships across the state are up, um, whereas you know, pre-COVID there was you know a very real decline in numbers, but nowadays it's it's going gangbusters. The sport's been reimagined in a lot of areas. We're seeing uptake of juniors across the board. Um, I'm at Bondville this week, and we've got probably 32 women playing in the Australian, or juniors playing in the Australian Women's Classic. So, you know, these these are fantastic to see, uh, not only from a numbers perspective, but, you know, from a pathway perspective as well, that we've got that we've got talented juniors out here that now have viable pathways and we've got opportunities for them. So, you know, I hope I hope we see some of these um, up-and-coming stars grace our, grace our TV screens in the future and you can all look back and go, well, well, we know where they started from and That'll be pretty cool. That'll be pretty yeah, cool to see. Absolutely, it will be. And uh, you, you hit a, an interesting point when it comes to golf. You kind of, kind of imagine golf as a game for you know sort of retirement and leisure and bits and pieces. And it's and it's a harder sport from a junior participation to to get involved with. And I think what golf's doing, and especially with all the stuff that you're doing at the moment, doing a better job of getting it uh, as a as a junior participation sport. Um, and that's always been a challenge for golf across the years. And I think, you know, we're starting to see some of that. We're reaping some of those rewards of some hard yards from people in some of the golfers that are coming through right now, especially in the Illawarra. And, and is it going to continue continue to evolve that way to try and really encourage, you know, to, to when it when it choose from football, basketball, netball, all the other sports that we have. Um, you know, golf's got to evolve itself a little bit, and you're seeing a little bit of that. What are what are some of the things that you're doing to try and attract some of the juniors? Oh, there's introductory programs right the way through from you know from kindergarten year one two with um, a program we've got, for example, called Lunchtime Launch It, which is a simple introduction activation that pops into schools and facilities around just to put a, a club in a kid's hand and have them hit into a hitting net with a flight scope behind them and they get instant feedback digitised. You know, and kids these days, particularly in the digital age, that instant feedback's, you know, an absolute thrill for them. They see it immediately. Um, you know, and look, not every kid's going to take to it, but every once in a while you're going to get a get a kid that comes along that's bitten by the bug, bitten by it immediately. You know, and the sport's here um, for that. We can take those, you know, we can take those individuals those children male or female and you know with a little bit of nurturing and you know positive outlook on on the sport and you know the ideals it brings and, and turn them into golfers for life if they're good um or if, if they're showing potential the pathways that this sport offers as you know similar to the basketball um are fantastic in the way that you know just just across the pacific there there's <laughs> there's the good old united states that has you know a fantastic college system and um, golf is a very big component part of that through the NCAA process. So there's opportunities there. There's opportunities beyond that, um, you know, beyond our shores to, to further your golf career and also further your education along the way. We encourage children. We encourage teenagers to, that, that have that talent to look at those pathways and you know, not only equip themselves for the game, but also equip themselves for life with, a, with an education um, paid for and, or certainly assisted by you know the game, so it's it's fantastic for those. There's you know there's probably twenty or thirty athletes in our program in the last three or four years that have um, that have graduated that way. Um, you know Tony Rabinjack, for example, from Wollongong is one. Um, 
graduate from college, and um, now, she's now pursuing a career in the industry in golf administration. And Travis Smythe is the golden example. Mm-hmm. He'll be competing in the $14 million yeah. British Open Championship at Royal Liverpool in July. Jeez, if he can make the cut there, life just goes into the stratosphere yeah, after yeah, that, yeah. doesn't it? It comes a little easier. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for joining us this morning, TC. Oh, I'll absolutely. see you down at the beautiful Wollongong Golf Club very soon. Well, we'll uh, look forward to it, boys. Thanks, mate. We're going to head to a break. Thanks to Wollongong City, GW Havel. Get down there and visit and test drive one today. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Oh, yeah, Saturdays in the Gong. A little bit chilly here this morning. Yeah. The weather's turned, the season, the summer is gone. Daylight savings goes tonight too, I yes, think. Yes, that's so, right. Yeah. So everyone will be disturbed for their sleep. But mm-hmm. Wollongong Golf Club still looking spectacular out here this morning. This is Saturdays in the Gong, 15.75 a.m. Also on the app or the website. With thanks to Wollongong City, GWM Havel. Get in and test drive one today. Also the great friends at Impact Garage Doors, impacting homes for 20 years. Matty Campbell, I've, your phone has had 58 phone calls <laughs> missed while we've been on air. I know it's been running hot. NBL free agencies open. The Illawarra Hawks obviously in that rebuild after last season, um, but you've pretty much got most of the pieces together, haven't you? So now you've just got to go and look for your, your big import signing. Yeah, look, uh, you know, it's just been a crazy, <laughs> crazy couple of days. Uh, free agency obviously opening. Um, in that space, but um, we, yeah, we are. Look, we, we had a tough year last year. For the listeners that don't know, the Laura Hawks last year finished last. Had a had a real injury um, depleted year where we just couldn't put the same team on the paddock uh, night in night out. So. Yeah. Um, you know, and we've done a great job of being able to retain a, a good piece of the core from last year, who showed some real promise. Um, and you know, we're close to, to making some more signings in that space, just to just to fine tune it. Um, maybe put a bit of uh, leadership into the group. I mean, we've got a good young group, so I'm pretty excited about where we're heading. But it's a real interesting time in the NBL. It's a lot of people uh, off contract. Uh, Xavier Cook's going to the NBA, leaves a massive hole in the Sydney Kings. Um, you know, we, there's a couple of cans did really well last year. Looks like they're going likely to lose a couple of pieces. Um, Keanu Pinder looks like he's on the on the move. Um, uh, Bull Qual looks like he's out of that. Two really good quality Australians. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting off season uh, so far, and uh, yeah, we're jockeying our way through it, trying to get uh, trying to get in best position to make sure that we're going to be competitive next season. Yeah, and it's obviously a, a difficult process to work through. I mean, mm. the NBA is coming to the pointy end of their season over there. Correct. Plenty of agents working feverishly around. Um, where their players might be heading out. Sure. Um, you've got the college system underneath that. You've got time zones. You've got all these different influences on where you might land with your next player. Yeah, we just talked about it with the golf segment. Uh, the pathway for basketball in Australian sport still at the moment is the COE or the Institute of Sport, as it used to be called, um, is the best opportunity for our young juniors in basketball. Um, once they go through that process, a lot of them normally go to, the, to, to America where they go into the college system, the NCAA. 
Um, but what we found so far this off-season for the NBL is three of the guys who still had eligibility to be able to continue to go play college have decided to come back to our league, see it as the best opportunity either potentially to make a jump into the NBA or just to you know start their professional career, which has kind of turned this little off-season free agency period on its head a little bit. Um, three really good quality players coming out in um, Lachlan Albridge, um, uh, a freshman um, who we are very close with and you know, um, likely to sign, uh, not quite over the line just yet. Um, Sam Meninga, a kid who played at Davison and a New Zealand kid, um, looks likely he's coming back into the league. And uh, Josh Bannon, um, a kid who played out of uh, Montana. All these guys were still eligible to play another year. Mm. So three really good quality players that are coming back into the ecosystem of the basketball world where there is not a lot of space. Um, we've got 10 teams, um, which means there's 110 players allowed um, uh, with contracts, 30 of which are normally import players. So only leaving 80, 80 Australian spots. So, you know, adding even just three into that ecosystem really changes the way that the, the system um, evolves, especially three really good ones. So it's been quite uh, frenetic at the moment. A few bigger teams have... Uh, have got a couple of players and Todd Blanchfield coming out of Perth. Um, Mitch Norton, who we love here in the Illawarra, played with us for some years. Um, looks like he's out of Perth um, okay. with still some time left on his contract. Yep, uh, right. Interesting from that point of view. A couple of young guys, Jason Kadee, a couple of older guys, um, Kyle Adnam, um, kind of look like they're on the move. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's funny because there's not a lot of quick signings as there normally is when free agency opens so looks like a few teams are just waiting on a key piece to fall before they really open the floodgates yeah well hopefully a big signing there for you for the Hawks and you can sort of start to put your um, your program together obviously Jacob Jacomas would be very keen to get back to work shortly and yeah. uh, and get stuck in it with his um with his roster um what have you made of Xavier Cooks, he's had time to settle. He's got his first points over there in the NBA. What have you seen from him? Yeah, look, I mean, I mean, they're obviously playing pretty well too. Washington are going pretty good at the moment. So um, I think Xavier, uh, they've showed, they've played him in every game. Um, they're bringing him up to speed slowly, which I expected, you know, coming off a, a really good campaign in Australia. And he was pretty banged up too. Most people forget that. That final series was a hard-nosed series here in Australia where he won the MVP throughout the season for the Sydney Kings and they won a championship. So um, I think, you know, he probably need a little bit of time to rest his body. Um, so they're not flogging him over there, um, which is a good sign. Yeah, I think he's starting to get up to speed now. But like I said, the players that are playing in front of him right now, maybe it's given them a little bit of a kick mm -hmm. having him come into the roster because yep. uh, they are really showing some signs. Um, quite, quite impressive to watch. Um, you know, hopefully Zave gets an opportunity for some real minutes in the next couple of weeks and uh, we can see what he can really do over there. Yeah, absolutely. Coming off the high of a championship with the Kings and then into the NBA system, it's great to see that he is, you know, not just ticking boxes but making an, an impact for them over there. Uh, time to head to the news. After that, we're going to go and dive into the form up there at Royal Randwick. That uh, musical intro is no segue or no slight on our next guest. It's the Daily Telegraph's racing writer, Mitch Cohen. Good morning to you. A huge day up at Royal Randwick this morning. 
Yeah, massive day, Tim. Good morning and good morning all the listeners. Yeah, day one of the championships. It's one we all get excited for in the racing game. Obviously, four massive group ones in Sydney. A big crowd in and it's still... Uh, the clouds are just starting to come over my place and I'm not too far from Randwick. It looks like... I've just looked at the radar. It looks like a little bit of a storm coming this morning, potentially, that'll go through the track. But uh, if you'd asked me an hour ago, I would have said it was sunny blue skies. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Randwick got to a soft five. Um, but, yeah, with that little bit of rain, I mean, uh, do you think it'll be, be affected or are we looking at a bit more of a passing shower? Um, I think um, if I embrace my inner Tim Bailey, I would say it looks <laughs> like just a passing shower. Um, it looks yeah. like it's going to rain more off the uh, more off the coastline, um, but I can't imagine it will affect the track too much. Um, it would only be surface water and all that sort of thing, anyway. But um, yeah, well, it really depends how, how much this comes up here. It's sort of hanging out below you guys at the moment over Wollongong and slowly creeping its way up here. So um, look, it might not. Um, might not hit it us at all, but uh, yeah, if it, if it does, I, I, I doubt it. It would really impact the track. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Calming mood here on a Saturday morning. The rain's just hit out there, though, on the Wollongong Golf Club. The the players are starting to duck for their umbrellas or duck for a bit of cover. Maybe a few of them will be in the bar here shortly because yeah. uh, it's uh, starting to come in there. I just looked at that. Just what I was looking at myself, and I'm just thinking, geez, I don't really want to be out there. The wind just got up. I reckon it's dropped about four or five degrees as well. Yeah. I'm actually quite chilly. So, yeah, I don't envy. I mean, it still looks a picture out here at Wollongong Golf Course, but... I don't envy these guys about to tee off on the first, heading into what looks like a pretty settled-in rain for the next hour or two. Well, what about South Coast in Illawarra? Cricket Grand Finals are on today. So you can imagine the nerves. It's 9.48. So the tee off at... Uh, well, they're starting at 11 and 11.30 this wow. morning, and the rain's just hit. The covers would be on. Yep. The nerves would be settling in for the big Grand Final. So we've got the rail who finished as minor premiers up against Lake Illawarra down there at Croom uh, Sporting Complex. Now, Lake Illawarra have dominated the South Coast competition for several years, but the rail have emerged as a real challenger this year, so that'll be a fascinating contest. The other one, the Illawarra Cricket Grand Final, Northern Districts, who have had a bit of premiership success lately, taking on Wollongong. Now... Wollongong haven't won a premiership in 54 years. Wow. Yeah, so they've been close. They've been close the last few years. Wow. There's always a bit of teasing we'll around the Illawarra the Cricket then. Camp. So, yeah, huge day for Wollongong to go and try and break the drought. Yeah, I always love that kind of story when you haven't had a premiership success for quite some time. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's good to see, you know, we're coming out of COVID. We're coming out of all that wet weather. Hopefully the weather holds out. We don't get too much rain today and they can uh, finalise those competitions. Well, hopefully it clears in the next half an hour or so. There'll be nothing worse than just sitting around the sheds, no. wanting to strap the pads on and just go and face that ball, get the nerves out of the way, and mm. you're just stuck sitting yeah, there. Exactly. So, mm. uh, plenty of other action around the region. Uh, the Wollongong Wolves are on the road. They play the North West Sydney Spirit at 5.30 up there at Christie Park. 
and the Illawarra Stingrays tomorrow at 5 o'clock. They are at home against Bankstown. So plenty of action. The IPL is also in action today. Uh, Coromel against Helensburg. Wollongong United against Port Kembla. South Coast United against Bulleye. That's all today. And then tomorrow, Wollongong Olympic take on Albion Park and then Coniston play Tarawana. Now, I mentioned Shell Harbour, uh, the football club. Yep. Earlier on, my kids play in the juniors. So Shell Harbour have gone into the district league. They actually knocked Wollongong United out of the Australia Cup on penalties. Um, so Wollongong United were the fairy tale run last year mm. in the Australia Cup. They right. got through to that round of 32. And, uh, yeah, the Shell Harbour boys knocked them off. So it's a huge boost of confidence for uh, what's a fledgling senior club or at least a merged senior club to come together. So it's been fast, fantastic to see what the boys, uh, the Shell Harbour guys, have done down there and, um, you know, really sort of starting to, to make the most of it. We've got a bit of NBL1 action on uh, this this weekend. I haven't actually looked through the draws, but the Illawarra boys, uh, including Tim Conrad, who's a veteran of the Illawarra Hawks, now playing with the, uh, the NBL1 competition, which obviously great for the Illawarra, uh, Illawarra Pathways and a good day out down at the Snake Pit as well. Yeah, I'm sure they're away this weekend. But, um, yeah, last weekend they were down at uh, Canberra against the COE. Played, you know, obviously that was sort of touted to be the top two teams. Uh, the COE got on top. Uh, quite a talented young group of young men coming out of the Institute of Sport. Um, they're looking really good. From Ill Illawarra's point of view, Dave O'Hickey played. It was excellent. Um, you know, it's... Uh, um, you know, we, we didn't have Timmy Conrad. I think uh, that will bolster um, their opportunity and chances of, of winning. So um, it's starting to be quite a good league, the NBL 1 East, which is uh, the New South Wales version of it. Um, you know, over the next couple of years, I think uh, we'll see some more talent coming out of the NBL, staying here in New South Wales to be around the NBL clubs. And uh, hopefully that uh, competition continues to, to build. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got one more break in a, on Saturdays in the gong. We'll be back to wrap it up. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Well, first game of NRL action in Wollongong this year with the Dragons taking on the Dolphins. Wayne Bennett back in town, the uh, 2010 Premiership winning coach with the Dragons, up against Anthony Griffin, who's under a bit of pressure in the third and potentially final last year of his contract. We covered it sort of extensively in the first hour of the show. It's not make or break. I mean, it is only round five, but, you know, it's a big game... Uh, as we spoke before, I think that the, the Dolphins, it's a test of how they bounce back after losing to the Broncos. They got themselves up for that game. It was a cracking contest. Mm. It was you know just a great game of football. But, you know, it was a fledgling team. They're still building their combinations. They've got to come away again. Um, the Dragons, I suspect, should be pretty desperate today. And they should be because... Uh, you could sort of forgive them the last 10 minutes against the Broncos. The Broncos have been sort of the pace setters yeah, this season. You know, you can cop that. Yep. But that second half against the Sharks, if there's not alarm bells ringing, yeah. there's just those little signs that, well, you know, if you don't pull this together soon, yep. it's it's going bad. Yeah, the wheels definitely came off. I, I agree with the Brisbane one. I think the Brisbane game, 
you know, that was a good Brisbane team. Like you know, we've seen now, they've gone on to win every game so far. And But um, I, I think, um, you know, it's a ch- challenge. We talked about it with the Dolphins. Like, this is a game they're expected to win, so we'll see how they'll come out of that one. The Dragons, yeah, like it's, it's a make or break a little bit in that space. I know it's only early in the year, but... I, we, we talked about this a few times as well, that in the start of the season was always going to be key to the Dragons because there was so much turmoil, so much question, yep. so many questions about who they are as a football team mm. that it's still unanswered and we're sitting into round five. So mm. they really need to show something over the next couple of rounds and really build out of that just to, just for the fan base to be able to stick by them. If not, yep. I think you'll you know, see all the wheels fall off, not just the front. They've got to get into the contest. I mean, the, the Dolphins have played pretty clean efficient football and the Dragons have sort of got to get themselves into the contest and be there within a couple of points going into that last sort of 10-15 minutes and give themselves a chance so yeah fascinating contest down there Wynn Stadium 5.30 it'll be live on KO and Foxtel thanks for joining us this morning on Saturdays in the Gong Thanks to all our guests, to Matt Russell, Mitch Cohen, to Dave Teese from Golf New South Wales. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on board. We're here at Wollongong Golf Club every week, 8 to 10 a.m. on 15.75 a.m. Enjoy your day. Hopefully you can find a winner. And let's see what the Dragons have got this afternoon.